the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm available as a consultant. Yeah, maybe you've heard that the big guy is threatening to send government officials out into the streets to knock on doors and get people vaccinated. That doesn't sound like a really good idea to me, but it also occurred to me that there might be some money in it for me. I'm available uh, as a door-to-door salesman consultant, if you want to let uh, the people up in Wa- down in Washington know. That was actually my first job when I got out of college in 1972. I sold cable TV, t- cable TV door-to-door. I had to actually explain to people what cable TV was. And I could give the government some, uh, the, the, the government workers some pointers. Uh, first of all, don't wear a tie. Uh, I was really good at door to door sales, and one of the reasons was my decision not to wear one. If I saw someone coming to my door wearing a tie, there's a good chance that I would hide. I'm talking about now. So I figured that I would sneak up on people back then and do whatever I could to not look like a door to door salesman. I worked 18 hours a week. And I made $250 a week. That's $1,610 in 2021 money. That's $80,000 a year for selling uh, cable TV door-to-door. I didn't do it for a whole year, but remember, I was only working 18 hours a week. Then I did it again in 1976 in between minor league baseball seasons. I was doing radio back then, but it ended up not being in between seasons because I didn't have another job. So I did it for almost a year. And I made $20,000 selling cable TV door-to-door. Now, according to the inflation calculator, that would be $128,000 today. Not everybody did as well as I did, mainly because they didn't sneak up on people as well as I did. And I was perfectly honest with people. I was being paid $10 a sale. We offered free installation, and the bill was $5 a month. I had to collect the first month's bill, and I told them there was no contract to sign. And here's what I would say to people. Listen, do you really think that Center Video, that was the company, would send me out here to collect $5 from you and then pay me $10 for collecting that $5, and then after that send two guys out in a truck to run 100 feet of cable from the truck to the street, uh, from the truck in the street to the back of your TV, if they didn't think you were going to keep the product? That wasn't in the sales pitch that the sales manager gave us, but it sure worked for me. So I don't think the big guy's sales crew is going to be received as well as I was, and I don't think they're going to make $128,000 a year. I know this. If I see what looks like a government goon coming to my door, I'm not answering the bell. What a stupid idea. Anyway, when we come back, comedy. You know, remember comedy? Why is it more important now than ever, and why is there less of it than we've had in a long time, if ever? And then in our second half hour, speaking of stupid ideas, the latest amazingly stupid idea from Andy Cuomo. Stick around. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we 
Our United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage maker. For all licensing information, go to Animalist Consumer Access. Or corporate Animalist Number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof. Or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. If you're thinking of replacing your carpets due to pet stains and odors, you must try Genesis 950. The reviews are amazing, as this is one product that actually works. With water, it breaks down the bonds of stains and odors, so they're gone for good. Its antibacterial component removes pet odors from carpet and padding. It can be used in a carpet cleaning machine, and it's green, so it's safe for your family and pets. Genesis 950 is made in America. If you are tired of pet cleaners that don't work, it's time to buy Genesis 950. One gallon of industrial-strength Genesis 950 makes up to seven gallons of cleaner. But Genesis 950 is not just for pet stains. It's great for bathrooms, kitchens, floors, upholstery, and grease stains. Consider Genesis 950 before purchasing new carpets. Genesis 950 has great customer service. Order one gallon direct at Genesis950.com to receive a free spray bottle, free shipping, and $10 coupon using code PETS. That's $10 coupon using code PETS. That's Genesis950.com. Discount only available at Genesis950.com. Genesis 950, much cheaper than replacing your carpets. 2021 is the perfect time to add a healthy new habit to your daily wellness routine. Good nasal hygiene. We all know there's bad stuff in the air, allergens, bacteria, viruses, and that some of it's very dangerous. So what can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can clean your nose with Navage. Your nose is the body's air filter, and with Navage, you help your body defend itself by flushing out the crud and germs. I'm Martin Hoke, and I invented Navage, the world's only nose cleaner with powered suction. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and it has over 40,000 online reviews averaging 4.7 stars. Join millions of Navage users to relieve congestion and allergies, breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Let 2021 be the year you start cleaning your nose with Navage. N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. Navage. You're listening to The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The answer. Oh, you need a good laugh? Who doesn't? Uh, They seem to be a little tougher to find these days. And uh, Chris Bedford is a senior editor at The Federalist. He says saving comedy is crucial to America. And uh, Chris joins us now. Chris, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So uh, why is it crucial and why does it need to be saved? So, uh, Comedy is something that really brings people together. It allows us to make fun of each other. And I was, I was really thinking about this because it's the 25th anniversary this year of an old movie, The Birdcage, that had Robin Williams and Nathan Lane and Gene Hackman and the whole crew in it. And that's a movie about a socially conservative Republican senator whose, whose partner in politics is involved in some kind of scandal, and it, and it embarrasses him deeply. Then he finds out that his college daughter, his teenage daughter, wants to marry a suitor she's never met, but so he's never met. And at first he thinks that's a bad idea until he realizes that a wedding is going to help him out with all of this scandal. Is that actually okay? Now, what he doesn't realize yet is that this young man's parents are Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, who own a drag club down in South Beach in Miami. So this sets up an entire ridiculous and hysterical and often inappropriate movie. But what, what was so great about all of this was always all of these different people were made fun of. Every single one of them, all of them were exposed as being goofy or self-serious or wrong about this or right about that. But at the end, even even the socially conservative Republican was shown as being someone who is human 
and was decent and had these and had had actual love in his heart and some values while making fun of him. And, and that's what intelligent humor does. You're not, you're not able to do that anymore in this country because that kind of, that kind of a movie like the birdcage would be called homophobic or, or too nice to the Republican Senator, or he wouldn't the way, even the way his character is written, Gene Hackman's character, the script is tough, but Gene Hackman plays the character really well and really humanely like a good actor should and brings a lot to it. That would be absolutely panned. And the result of this politicization of humor that we've seen in, in the United States, in Hollywood and, and in our late night shows, it's very unfunny movies, very unfunny late night television, bad Saturday night live. It, it's replaced making jokes and making people laugh and expressing both aggression and appreciation through humor with simple resistance machinery. And it's just not funny. Yeah, it's not funny. Now, it's interesting. Um, a little, just about an hour ago, less than an hour ago, I uh, taped an interview with Seth Barron. I don't know if you're familiar with Seth. Um, he writes about New York City. And um, it's funny because you mentioned Blazing Saddles. And I don't know if you heard about um, uh, Governor Cuomo's idea. They, they call them violence interrupters. And he wants to make gun violence a health issue. And he's going to send violence interrupters in and also uh, credible messengers. And they're looking to hire like former gang members and everything. And uh, and when he was talking about that, I, I thought of uh, Blazing Saddles because I don't know if you're familiar with the movie. Uh, if you, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a scene. <laughs> there's a scene. Then I just went. I just went and uh, and looked at it on YouTube. It's hilarious. There's a scene where where uh, Harvey Corman is sitting at a, a table in the middle of the uh, you know the the Wild West out in the country, and there's a line of people lining up to apply for the job of being in the gang, and there are uh, Nazis in line and full uniform, not you know stormtroopers or you know German German uh, military, everything you can think of. And the first guy in line, they ask him, okay, what are your qualifications? And he says, uh, murder, armed robbery, rape, rape. And Harvey Corman says, you said rape twice. He said, I like rape. Um, now, that, that's a funny, funny line. You could never say that. You could never have that in a movie now. It would be. You couldn't make that movie. You no. couldn't even watch that movie. And what's interesting, that movie, you look at it, you break it down. It's like that, that, that famous scene you're talking about. But that movie makes jokes about incredibly adult matters. It, it makes jokes about hate and racism, men right. versus women. It makes jokes about Chinese people, black people, American Indians. It makes fun of the Irish. It makes fun of murder. And it even, as you was pointed out, makes fun of, makes fun of rape. Yeah. So you, based on that description, you have to wonder, well, why would, why would that be funny? Why wouldn't we cancel every single person who was involved in that? Yeah. But it, it was funny because it made fun of every single one of us. Yep. And it made fun of what made our weaknesses, what we were proud of. And in the end of that movie, which, by the way, even in 1974, everyone knew was inappropriate. Right. At the end of that movie, you knew exactly who the good guys were, mm -hmm. and you knew who the bad guys were. They were sent up. And that's the kind of thing that you miss with comedy when you're allowed to say these things, when you don't have to be completely afraid that, yeah, you'll be, you'll be told you're inappropriate. Your mother might be mortified if you're in a movie like that. Right. But you're not going to have your life ruined. No. You're not going to be destroyed or banned from Hollywood because, because these people, they, they made this comedy with good intentions, with good in their heart, not to hurt people, but to make people bring laugh. people together and make people laugh. Yeah. Well, I just <laughs> I have to mention this because I hadn't seen the scene in a while. Uh, there's one one guy comes up and he's he's uh, talking about his qualifications and he's chewing gum. And uh, Harvey Corman, who who played the Headley Lamar, uh, Harvey Corman says to him, what do you have in your mouth? And the guy says nothing. And uh, he gets one of his henchmen to stick his fingers in his mouth and he pulls out gum and he says, 
did you bring enough gum for everybody? And the guy, I didn't know as many people were going to be here. So Harvey shoots him, kills him right there for, 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 for chewing gum in line. He says, you, you come here and chew gum in line, and you don't bring it for everybody? And he shoots him and kills him. I mean, I'm sorry, but that's funny. You know, if you don't think that's funny, you should just give up and just, you know, your life is over. Um, but, uh, you know, again, as you said, that, that movie doesn't get made today. Now, I haven't, you mentioned the late night comedy shows. I haven't watched the late night comedy shows, either the late night or the late night, uh, the late, late night or the late, late, late night, whatever they're calling the later ones now. I haven't, I'm not exaggerating. I haven't watched them for a total of 10 minutes in the last 10 years. Are there any laughs to be found there? I haven't seen any in a long time. I mean, one of Colbert's big masterworks in June was a song, a parody that was called 500 Vials. I watched it the other day. It didn't, it didn't even have a joke in it. It was just telling everyone to get the vaccine. This was supposed to be our late night comedy. It's, it was, it was probably actually the least, the least funny video ever created. And I've, and I've actually, and I was subjected to seeing the new feminist remake of the Ghostbusters. This was way less funny than that. And that's what substitutes for entertainment these days. But you're not alone in, in tuning out and not keeping up and not watching this. I think if there wasn't for N- NBC and MSNBC, very few people in America had any idea what happened on Saturday Night Live, a program that they own. And the, the viewership of these programs is absolutely through the floor. Yeah, and I, uh, it's, I keep seeing this. I mean, I see the same thing at CNN. When I, I see that, you know, that, um, that uh, Tapper has lost like 90%, or no, the other guy, Stelter has lost like 90% of his audience. Tapper's uh, numbers are down like 80%. I worked in TV for most of my life. If you have things that are tanking like that, you're involved in a show that tanks like that, you sneak into work every day and hope the boss doesn't see you. Because when he does, he's going to tell you to get lost. You don't your your job. You don't you don't keep your job. How are these guys? Who's keeping these guys employed? Nobody's watching them. Nobody's ever talking about them, and they're certainly not funny. It's hard to see how many of these people are going to stay around. And it, I was just saw an article that came out today that was deeply creepy from some corporate outlet that said that they had tracked down and found every single former member, the former President Donald Trump's cabinet, and here's where they are right now, and. That's the kind of thing they're having to do for ratings because their ratings through the floor. They got through four years of virtue signaling and spreading panic porn to the American people about all of this insane, all these insane things that they're happening. Today, for some reason, we're reliving the six, the six month anniversary, apparently, of the January 6th riot that happened, the Capitol riot that happened here with people, congressmen getting up and saying, I'm donating my suit to the Smithsonian, the suit that I wore. And, and, and reporters talking about how they can't sleep and they break down in tears. By the way, I, I was there reporting on it, just like I've been in a lot of the actually much more dangerous riots here in Washington reporting on them. And I'm not sure we were at the same place. But this this industry and this fear-inducing, generating, and then virtue signaling thing that they've created, it needs to feed on something. And it's very much much missing Donald Trump. So I don't know how much longer much of this can be sustained uh, simply on the power of their own fumes. Well, he might be doing them a favor by making noises about coming back, you know, uh, at least uh, CNN anyway, because that'll give them something to do. Um, but I, I just wonder, I don't even know if that can save them. But again, I, I don't understand, Chris. Uh, you know, how about a lineup shuffle? You know, how about how about, you know, Breaking th- uh, breaking up the gang a little bit when you, you know Wolf Blitzer's been there for forty seven years. Uh, they they've all they the the numbers show that people aren't watching, and normally management looks at that and says, "Well, we better do something." They just keep going with it. It's been wild to see, and you, this management has also been politicized a great deal. The owners of CNN, the owners of these other networks. He used to be able to go to a publisher's conference for news sites and newspapers. And if you weren't at the reporter conference, very few people were talking about politics. They were just talking about business and selling advertising and which networks were best and how to optimize your search engine traffic. But the last one I went to was talking about how publishers and advertisers can join the resistance. 
And you had you had publishers up there and ad executives, people whose job is to buy and sell advertising to, to reach the most consumers. As Michael Jordan said, Republicans buy sneakers, too. Yeah. Uh, they were just talking about politics and resistance. And I thought the amount of people who I knew in Washington five or six years ago who were normal, who I could meet for lunch, who we disagreed on politics and plenty of things. We could meet for lunch or have a beer or share a laugh. Yeah. That suddenly changed. It seemed like. President Trump and the rise of the populist right broke so many people here in Washington, snapped them in half on the Republican side and the Democratic side, where they're not making sound decisions about business or anything anymore. And they, they think that they're just part of some, some massive, uh, glorious fight against the Nazis on, on Normandy Beach. And, and one of their targets, sadly, is good humor. Yeah, and um, I think now if you meet with somebody, the first thing they ask you is if you've been vaccinated. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, not a, really a, a great way to break the uh, you know break the the silence. It's none of their business, and I won't repeat what he said on the air. But it's funny to look up what Tucker Carlson told the New York Times reporter Ben Smith when he when he called emailed him and said, "Did you get vaccinated?" Tucker gave him a rather inappropriate and I think I humorous that, yeah. reply. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we're talking to uh, Chris Bedford. He's a senior editor at uh, the Federalist. Uh, and he has a piece up about uh, the need for comedy and the fact that it's disappearing. Um, we talked about the late night shows. I actually did see a little bit of John Stewart. I mean, I don't agree with his politics, but you'd have to be crazy not to uh, appreciate the fact that he is a funny guy and he, he knows how to do he, television. He uh, is funny. And, you know, here's what the left is wasting so much, because John Stewart was was liberal leaning for sure. He's not a conservative by any stretch. But he was able to make take very serious men uh, in the Bush administration and women, people who, who, who had spent a lot of time and a lot of had a great educations and were serious and make them look like total fools with just a funny glance from him or the right pause at the right moment. And Republican or Democrat, you could laugh at that because he was that funny. And it was significantly more effective than just getting up on the stage and ranting about the next, the next liberal idea, or how much you love Joe Biden, or how much you hate Donald Trump—that's not humor. John Stewart did humor, and it was so much more effective, and he was so much more relevant than any of the hosts today. And he took some heat for—I uh, think it was with Colbert. I did see the clip of that, and it was really funny. Uh, he pretty much trashed um, the the scientists for getting COVID nineteen wrong, and. It uh, looked like uh, it was laugh out have a loud funny. Uh, everyone should go out and read it or, or go out and watch it when he just said that he likes science and he likes what they've done. But he's confident that someday at the end of the world, it's going to it's going to begin with some scientists sitting back and saying, wow, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, and Stuart, John Stewart, to get back to him, he's, he, he is actually a funny guy. But. Has his replacement, uh, Trevor uh, Te- Trevor Noah, said anything funny yet? Because I, I saw about five minutes of him when he got the job, and I could see I had, had no interest in watching him. And I have never seen his seen him. I haven't seen him for a minute and a half in that show. I haven't seen him since it was my part of my job to cover him. Mm-hmm. And I, when I looked him up to, try to keep keep track of him, and I just wrote a line in my piece about how irrelevant he is. Yeah. I was surprised to, to realize he'd been there for five years. Wow. I don't, the Daily Show used to be featured nightly on what, who they sent up and who they made fun of yep. used to be featured nightly. I think I've seen one clip in five years' time, and it didn't have him in it. Yeah, and, uh, and he's, he's one of those guys that um, I have a feeling that if he left the show today, um, it wouldn't affect the ratings by three people. It's, no, it's, I think it would probably increase the ratings, and he could end up with some... Some failed HBO special. Yeah, uh, but uh, and and he, of course, he's not an American. They they brought in a guy from uh, another country to comment on American politics, which you know that can be funny if the guy does it right. But he doesn't have a clue. And it's difficult to to comment on uh, on a country's internal politics when you're not from there, because you miss a lot of what the same cultural shared experiences that we have that yeah. allow you to crack jokes on them, and you miss a lot of the understanding. And Americans, myself included, do bristle when they hear someone from other country criticizing us. It's just, even if they're criticizing someone who I dislike, I think, hold on a second. We keep it internal. We keep it in our house here. Yeah. 
Well, um, I, hey, Chris, I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, what What is out there? I got about thirty seconds. What is out there that you think is really funny right now? <laughs> right now, uh, I, I recommend watching the twenty fifth anniversary of the Birdcage. <laughs> I mean, I, my movies, when I look back and I watch them, it goes from 1957 Moby Dick to Zulu to old comedies. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I, I, I told my grandson about um, about uh, Blazing Saddles, and he, he couldn't believe it. He watched a clip of it. I don't think I got him to watch the whole thing, but everybody should watch that one, too. Hey, uh, I really appreciate you being on, Chris. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Okay, that's Chris Bedford, and we will be right back. SRN News, I'm John Scott. The National Hurricane Center says Tropical Storm Elsa made landfall along North Florida's Gulf Coast. Florida Lieutenant Governor Jeanette Nunez. Tropical Storm Elsa is currently making landfall in the coastal area, the Big Bend area, uh, coastal area of Taylor County. We are obviously continuing to monitor how this storm will track throughout uh, across northeast Florida and uh, probably scheduled to head into the Carolinas later through Thursday. Meanwhile, in Surfside, Florida, the search for victims in the collapse of the high-rise condominium has reached its 14th day with the death toll now at 46. Former President Trump filing suit against three of the country's biggest tech companies, claiming he has been wrongly censored by them. The suit was filed in federal court in Miami. On Wall Street, the Dow had 69 points, but the NASDAQ is six points lower. This is SRN News. Let's be boring and do a commercial about cash-out refinances. It's Ryan, and our mortgage team will often have a listener say, I think I understand what a cash-out refinance is, but can't that be bad for you sometimes? So let's hit on that. As with anything, it's certainly not the right move for everyone. If we don't have to, we don't want to add a bunch of years onto our loan or increase our monthly payment too much or pay more in the long run. But because home values have skyrocketed so far up the last few years, while rates have come so far down, we've seen many scenarios where listeners today can pull out a significant chunk of money from the new value in their home while lowering the years on the overall loan, while lowering their monthly payment, and lowering how much they ultimately pay. The key is to just look at the whole picture and be honest with yourself about your situation. If you're looking for someone to show you your options, we our United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Meadow Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage maker. For all licensing information, go to AnimalistConsumerAccess.org. Corporate Animalist number 1330. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. AM 1250, The Answer. AM 1250, The Hugh Hewitt. The Hugh Hewitt Show. Hi, it's Hugh Hewitt on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. There is a crisis in the Israeli government, or it appears to be one. We'll find out when former ambassador to the United States from Israel, Dr. Michael Oren, joins me on the next Hugh Hewitt Show. Hugh Hewitt. Weekday mornings at 6, right before Mike Gallagher at 9 on AM 1250, The Answer. Hi, this is Rhett Rasmussen of BestHotGrill.com. We make the Solaire Infrared Grills with one of the largest offerings of grills and accessories. Our mini Anywhere and Everywhere portables are perfect for tailgating and grilling on the go. Our best-selling 27XL is the convergence of price and size. The 36-inch is the size most often specified by kitchen designers... And the Solaire 56-inch is the largest all-infrared grill on the market. Solaire makes accessories like griddles and steamer fryers to enhance your backyard grilling experience. Solaire also has an extensive offering of doors, drawers, and bartending centers to complete your outdoor kitchen. All Solaire infrared grills feature the efficient Solaire infrared burner that heats up fast, locks in the juices, and makes you wonder why you'll ever want to eat out again. Learn more at besthotgrill.com. That's besthotgrill.com. Solaire infrared at besthotgrill.com. This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy and Hagerman. Writing an estate plan is one thing. Having the experience to administer the estate is something else. At Abernathy and Hagerman, estate administration isn't a side job. It's what we do. You have the same goals we all do. To protect your assets, to minimize taxes, and ensure your inheritance gets to the ones that you love. How you get there, that's specific to you. So let's talk. Hagerman Law. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. 
On outbound 28, hanging on to delays, 31st Street Bridge to the Highland Park Bridge and the off-ramp to Highland Park Bridge is shut down for reconstruction. Parkway East, inbound busy 2nd Avenue through downtown, outbound a solid line from Boulevard of the Allies to Edgewood, Swissvale. Parkway West, not doing too badly. William Penn Highway at Hawthorne Road, watch out, there's a transformer explosion. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Tonight we'll see plenty of clouds with a thunderstorm. It'll be humid with a low of 69. Tomorrow, some sunshine, then turning cloudy. Not as warm, but it will be humid with a couple of showers and a thunderstorm. The high, 77. Tomorrow night, mostly cloudy and humid. A thunderstorm in the evening, followed by a passing shower late, low 67. Mostly cloudy Friday, humid. A thunderstorm in the afternoon, high 77. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, is there a politician alive today who's more nauseating than Andy Cuomo, the governor of New York? I don't think so. The number he gets, the more, well, maybe uh, Alexandria overrated uh, Cortez, maybe. But anyway, the number Cuomo gets, the more the media slobber all over him. He came up with a really dumb idea yesterday. And Seth Barron, the managing editor of American Mind, he lives in New York, writes about the stupidity surrounding him and does a great job of covering it. Seth joins us now. Seth, thanks for being here. Oh, sure, John. So uh, Andy Cuomo uh, gave himself a tough act to follow when he sent people infected with COVID uh, into nursing homes. How dumb is this idea looking right now? Uh, well, his new idea to uh, to put the gun violence problem under the Department of Health, uh, yeah, that seems a little counterintuitive, right? Um I feel like New York State has a state police, we have a court system, we've got all kinds of facilities and agencies to deal with uh, shootings and, and people shooting each other. So I don't know why he'd put it under the Department of Health, especially given their uh, his and their rather poor track record. Yeah, well, what what does, uh, I mean, what do you think his motivation is, though, for for putting it under the Health Department? Does that give him leeway that he wouldn't have using the methods that you just mentioned, the courts and that kind of thing? No, um, here's the problem. <clears throat> in the new progressive America, uh, you're not really allowed to call the police. So you've got to come up with other ways to deal with crime. And the way they do it is to call it a public health problem. So the idea is that uh, shootings, gun violence, this should all be dealt with epidemiologically. Same way we deal with disease. Yeah. Uh, so you identify the hot spots. You try to stop the epidemic from progressing. You treat the victims, namely the people in whose hands the guns go off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess you treat them as patients, not as criminals. Uh, so this all satisfies the kind of AOC line that putting people in jail or arresting them uh, by agents of the carceral state is like a human rights crime. So... Releasing people who have no business being released uh, and into the community, uh, that's not a health problem, apparently. I mean, uh, you know, releasing a guy convicted of assault or, or not convicted of charge with assault or, you know, no bail, that would seem to be a, something that would affect the health of your constituents a little bit. Well, only if you haven't dealt with the root causes of crime. You see, nobody is out there committing crime because they uh, thought they, that they were insulted by someone, so they decided to go shoot them, or they decide that, you know, they need more stuff to sell for drugs or whatever. But these are all, root, all based in root causes, root social problems that we just have failed to deal with. So, uh, and if, yes, it would fall under public health. Uh, you know, we have to spend more money on schools. We have to spend more money on job training and activities for kids to find things to do uh, because they're so bored. So um, that's where the problem comes in. And which, I mean, which um, neighborhoods might he be, be targeting with this um, this plan? Oh, you know, neighborhoods with a lot of crime. Uh you know, parts of the Bronx have seen shootings like escalate 
wildly, like 80%. Mm-hmm. Uh, parts of Brooklyn have gone up a lot. Upper Manhattan. You know, wherever there's criminals, basically, uh, you're going to have a lot of crime. I mean, one of his big plans is to put money into violence interruption. Yeah, that'll work. Uh, yeah, pure violence, where what you do is you hire uh, community, credible messengers, uh community leaders who are going to go out and engage with youth before they commit the crimes. problem is, if you go online, you'll see that they're trying to hire these people. Like, there's <laughs> job advertisements to become a violence interrupter. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not so sure there are people in the community who are credible messengers. If you have to go out and hire them, like, you know, cast a wide net. Uh, so, I don't see how that would work. We're talking to Seth Barron. He's managing editor of American Mind. He has a piece up at uh, cityjournal.org, city-journal.org, about uh, uh, Governor Cuomo's uh, latest idea up in, in New York. And you met, the, the terms you just used there, credible messengers and violence interrupters, those aren't uh, terms that you made up. Those, those, those are official, those are official oh, those titles. Are right? terms. Yeah, those, those are the state's terms. I mean, those are... Those are those terms are just as common as you know uh, chemotherapy treatment or you know board certified doctor. You're going to find these terms all over the place, and I bet you'd find them in Philadelphia too. Uh, these are um, these are the types of terms that advocates of decarceration and finding the root causes to crime throw around all the time, and they think that this is how we have to deal with it. Not with the police. Um, credible is kind of a subjective term. Um, I, I guess my question would be: Who gets to decide who's credible and and who's not? I mean, what 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 would be the qualifications for someone to be hired as a credible messenger? Uh, well, I think typically what it means is it's supposed to be like ex gang members, uh, uh-huh. people who have been through it, probably maybe even been to prison. In fact, I think that helps. Basically, the worse your resume looks to a normal person. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was just thinking about. That's what I was just thinking, Seth, is that, you know, normally when you go into your, into your, um, uh, do a job interview and you have a, your resume with you and you, and you talk to the the person who's hiring you, you, you want to put yourself in the best possible light. This would be the opposite. It's kind of like the, I don't know if you remember the movie uh, Blazing Saddles when they were they they were waiting in line. To, you know they were being interviewed to, for jobs with the gang, uh, and uh, <laughs> that's 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 the same. That's it'll be that kind of a crew. Uh, yeah, you know that's who they're looking for. They want people because otherwise, how are you going to uh, you know establish credibility with? a 19-year-old who has a gun and wants to go kill someone who made fun of his sneakers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is who we have to appeal to. Oh. This is the level. This, this is the new level. And, and of course, someone who's cr- credible enough to be a credible messenger is not the kind of guy that you're going to really want to depend on too much to do what he's told. When, you know, like, follow the instructions when he is released into the neighborhood to do his messaging or his uh, interrupting, his violence interrupting, he might end up seeing some opportunities for his own violence. Well, that's why the whole pure violence, violence interruption model is so questionable, because it relies on the word of, you know, these former, so-called former gang members who have established, who claim that they have, like, all these connections in the community. But, you know, a lot of them are just self-appointed leaders. It's not clear that anybody pays attention to them. Uh, they, they, they capture the attention of various, you know, liberals who work for nonprofits and journalists who are compelled by their personal story, their lived experience. But, you know, it's not clear. Look, the, the, the record of shootings establishes pretty conclusively that these groups, that nobody can ever point to a long-standing pure violence program that worked. 
It's, it's, uh, and uh, I don't know if it's, uh, maybe I'm crazy, but if, if I were hired to be a violence interrupter in some of those neighborhoods, in any city that has this kind of an issue, uh, I might be inclined to want to carry a gun with me. I mean, sure, if I'm going to be wading in there, I think I'd want to have uh, some, some heat. I mean, there's no, like I said, the, the, the few project, like model studies that they've run on this, have been in very localized areas for a very short period of time, and they typically involve some kind of, you know, agreement with the police to step back briefly. So there's just no evidence that these things work. It's it's, it's a complete boondoggle. But um, it's I I mean the, I, maybe I haven't I don't get around enough, but I have never heard of the official term of violence interrupter as being, you know, like something that you advertise for, which uh, apparently they are doing. That, I mean, that that job is, there's a job opening for violence interrupters. And there's that's a... Uh, there's, there's tons of them. Search it up. You can get like, I think the starting salary is up to 70 grand a year in the Bronx. Good money. Um, yeah, not bad. And I don't even know what they would do. And I doubt that they would really have very... Um, very substantive metrics for for um, job success. I mean, what, they're not going to. Bl- I mean, I'm, are they going to blame you if there's still shootings? Um, I mean, I was thinking, gee, I wonder if I could do this as a as a part time thing. Yeah, do you think uh, Andy's going to write a book about this eventually? I could see it. I mean, look, he already proved that you can write a book trumpeting your own. Um, Perfection and such brilliance without having, without, while failing, while failing miserably at what it <laughs> and is. And killing people. And killing people, and then go out and claim that you did a great job. So, you know, as long as we're in this kind of, you know, clown world, sure, why not? I can't wait to read his next book. Now, how will the New York media be treating this? Or are they already slobbering all over and thinking it's a wonderful idea? Well, the New York Times had a piece explaining how uh, this is very important because black and brown people suffer from gun violence more than mm-hmm. white people. Um, you know, as though gun violence is something that's coming from the skies right. or was, uh, you know, established by some government program during the 1920s by some Klansmen. Um no, I mean, like, you know, obviously, look, shootings are 98% in New York City committed by black and Latinos. So probably they're going to be shooting other black and Latinos. I mean, that's largely what they're doing. That's how it works, yeah. So that's, um, you know, that's why it happens. I'm not saying that it's like, you know, that we should just ignore it. Right. But that's why we have a police department. Yeah. They're the ones who deal with this. Yeah, and uh, we're talking to Seth Barron. He's managing editor of American Mind, uh, talking about uh, Governor Cuomo's idea up in New York to uh, uh, to just hire uh, what they're calling uh, violence interrupters to come in and fix the uh, the gun violence problem. Now, of course, he wants to sue the gun uh, companies, right? The, the gun makers. Uh, That's right. Uh, he says that if we that New York could, uh, they're passing a new law that uh, New York will sue. Allowing of gun violence to sue the manufacturers of the guns mm-hmm. uh, on the grounds that that they you know produce too many of them, or they allowed them to be marketed uh, in states that don't have good gun safety laws. Of course, New York has very good gun safety laws, but the guns still seem to go off when they get here. <laughs> uh, so they're trying to figure out why. Yeah. Um, yeah, and there are federal laws exempting gun manufacturers from liability, but uh, um, sorry, Cuomo says that New York has a way around this by declaring the guns a public nuisance. Look, they have been suing uh, the New York State and the Attorney General and Cuomo. They're always suing national industries, mm-hmm. like the oil industry, whatever. They're always doing the banks. They're always suing them on some grand political lawsuit that doesn't go anywhere. So, you know, I, I, I don't see them uh, having much success with this. And I don't even know if the, uh, 
I mean, look, they are, they're, you know, Tish James, the attorney general of New York State, is suing the NRA on the basis of, I don't know, they, right. well, you know, they didn't pay for all their staples or something well, Seth, like that. You know, but yeah. have they gotten around to, to suing the alcohol companies? Because, uh, I mean, if, if, if anybody is, is there anything that creates more of a nuisance than alcohol in the United States of America? Look, I'm sure if they could, they would. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me. He would do it if there was, like, you know, an, an intra-political ground to be made of it. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely, no problem. And I, I mean, I, as it is, he, he seems to be happy uh, having alcohol sold, so he's not going to do it yet. Okay, I only have about a minute left here. I have to ask you this. If Cuomo ran for re-election tomorrow... Um, what would his margin of victory be in New York? How big would he win? Um, I, well, I think he is going to run next year. Yep. And, you know, look, I think some people have had it with him. He'd probably win the Democratic nomination. Mm-hmm. But there, there are some good candidates that would challenge him in the Republican, on the Republican side. And I, and I hope to God that maybe one of them wins because I, I've had enough of the guy. Yeah, you live there. And real quick, what about impeachment? I haven't heard much about that lately. Seems to have. Uh... Yeah, I don't know what happened there. The Democrats they 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 seem to have uh, given up on that. I don't know what's going on, but they they needed to talk about that briefly uh, for political reasons, and now it's over. So I think they're. Uh, I don't, I don't see anything happening there. Hey Seth, it's always good to have you on. You are the man when it comes to uh, the stupidity that's going on in New York City and New York State, and uh, always good to have you on to talk about it. Thanks. Thanks, John. Take care. Okay, that's Seth Barron, managing editor of American Mind. We'll be right back. People do some pretty cool things in their 40s and 50s. Why should saving for retirement be any different? I mean, they go back to college, learn new instruments, start skateboarding. Okay, maybe that one's not for everybody, but saving for retirement is. With aceyourretirement.org, you can get on track with your retirement savings no matter your age. Just have a three-minute chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach from AARP. You'll get personalized recommendations based on your input that are easy to understand and work with your lifestyle. It's quick, easy, and free. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Gnarly move, Dad. Thanks, sweetie. So wherever you are in your retirement savings journey, head to aceyourretirement.org and start chatting with Avo today. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. It's finally time to replace that old leaky roof, or how about some new siding? You can count on Windows or Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Steigerwald. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows or Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, windows, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Maybe you lost siding during the recent windstorms. Don't put those repairs off. Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Want new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office? Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, and composite. And how'd you like to never clean your gutters again? For a limited time, get a free gutter filter with the purchase of complete siding or roof replacement. Offer valid through 831-21. All with 12 months no interest, no processing fee, and backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at windowsrpittsburgh.com. That's windowsrpittsburgh.com. I read the reviews and it gives me hope. Sotoweightloss.com. You should go read the reviews there. They put all the Google reviews there, so it's candid. I mean, you get a real-world response. Listen to Howard. Howard is the man. Howard said, in 22 weeks, I've let go of 80 pounds of unwanted fat weight. What is 80 pounds? I don't even know. 80 pounds is a... It's like a sixth grader, bro. I bet your knees and your back feel awesome. Congratulations, Howard. Howard did this. Karen did this. I'm, I'm reading all the reviews right now. Vicky did this. Michael, Michelle, Lisa. 4.8 stars. 4,600 reviews. Read them for yourself at SotaWeightLoss.com. S-O-T-A WeightLoss.com is state of the art. I'll give you the secret. A lot of people won't give you the secret. Here's the secret. Eat nutritious food that soda will help you with. Time it just right. Watch the fat melt off. Never to return again. 
Now it's 256, got down to 193. That was like four years ago. I'm living proof. I'm John Hudson in Dallas, Texas. If I can do it, you can do it. Go to Soda Weight Loss. It works. SodaWeightLoss.com. S-O-T-A WeightLoss.com. It's state of the art. Sounds and pounds of fur. Our hairballs have hairballs. Our cat mama, she's 10 years old. She has dandruff and an oily coat. I have two cats, Zootie and Daisy. Daisy sheds like crazy. If you love your pets as much as I do, you'll want to do what's best for them. To live long, healthy, happy lives. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I just tried this wonderful, catalicious Dynavite for cats, and my cat has been on it for two weeks. She is not scratching anymore. She's not chewing anymore. It is just the best. I was thrilled when I heard Dynavite for cats was coming out because I had seen the changes in my dog. To introduce my cat to Dynavite, I took the advice from Dynavite and put their food on top of just a scoop in the bowl just to get them used to it because I know if I even switch one little thing, they put their nose up to it. There was not one problem. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your cat will be. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250. The Answer. Tucker Carlson is the best person on cable news, and it's not close. Uh, Even if you take his opinions out, most of which I agree with, almost all of which I agree with, uh, as a performer, take it from a former TV guy, uh, the guy is a spectacular TV performer. He And he's reading a teleprompter when you see him. I teach a class at Waynesburg University, and I try to teach the kids to be as conversational as possible and not sound like they're or look like they're reading a teleprompter. He's spectacularly good at it and a great writer. But uh, the people laughed at him when he said that uh, the NSA, the National Security Agency, was um, uh, spying on him and was looking at his emails. And some of them said, well, maybe if they maybe they were looking at him, but if they did, it was probably because of who you uh, were communicating with. Well, he says now, and he'll probably have it on his show tonight, he said, yesterday I learned that the NSA leaked the contents of my email to journalists in an effort to discredit me. I know because I got a call from one of them saying, oh, this is what your email is about. It's not in any way a figment of my imagination. It's confirmed. It's true. And he says, I think more ominously they're using the information they gather to put leverage and to threaten opposition journalists, people who criticize the Biden administration. It's happening to me right now. He says, there was one person who knew I sent an email, and it was my executive producer, Justin Wells. That's it. And I didn't mention it to anybody else, including my wife. There's just no possibility that anyone else could have known. Yesterday, I got a call right before air at 7.15 from a journalist who I know and like. He repeated back to me what's in my email, and he got it because the NSA had leaked it. That is some scary stuff, and I believe every single word of it. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye. John Steigerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.